It's a real privilege today to, uh, to have Pastor Colin Urquhart with us. You know, as uh, an apostle, uh, been ministering over 40 years, you know, he, he's stood the test of time, works constantly, bringing forth new revelation. You know, what I love is, is the fact that he does nothing uh, stuck. He's not stuck in a rut. He's pressing, pressing forward for the new things that God wants. And that's what we want to be as a church, isn't it? No, we want to hold on to the things that God's revealing, press into those things. You know what we were speaking about, the, the Grow series? Uh, you have to work with the Word. But we also want to be pressing in for new things. So are you ready for old things to become fresh, new, vital? And are you ready for new things to become powerful in your life? So let's welcome Pastor Colin. Well, it's good to be with you again, expecting to receive from the Lord this morning. Uh, Two weeks ago, I was preaching in our congregation in Horsham on Abraham. We're having a, a series at present on the heroes of faith that we read about in uh, Hebrews. And... Uh, I was preaching on one of my favorite Old Testament verses, which reads, And early the next morning, Abraham rose and saddled his donkey. (laughs) It might sound a bit of a strange uh, verse to use, but to me, it really explains what faith is all about. Because this was when God had told Abraham that he had to uh, sacrifice Isaac. And Isaac had really been the son he doted on. He was the one through whom all the promises were going to be fulfilled that he had given to uh, Abraham. And of course, he was a miracle child himself. But in obedience to the revelation that he received, Abraham got up early and saddled his donkey. And he, he needed a, a three-day journey to get to Mount Moriah, which, of course, is now Jerusalem, uh, where you, I'm sure you know the story of what happened. I'm not going to preach on that this morning, so I won't go into any more detail. But I mention it because there was a man who was brought from uh, a little distance away with a brain tumor. And he was really in a serious condition. He'd lost the ability to walk. Uh, His speech was already impaired. He was losing all of his senses. And, you know, when you're asked to pray for some people, you take one look and you say, Lord, this is a miracle, or that's it. And it was one of those situations. So anyway, uh, when, uh, when I went to pray for him at the end of the meeting, he said that word this morning was just for me. And uh, so I prayed, and, you know, in situations like that, you just have to leave it to God. Well, apparently, he came back last Sunday, and uh, I wasn't there. I was preaching in uh, another place, and during the course of that week, he had restored to him the ability to walk. He'd walked 300 yards He could speak clearly. All his senses were being restored. And 
he and his wife had bought a donkey. <laughs> the word had such an impact that they thought this would be a good prophetic thank you. So they went to you know, one of these rescue centers and bought themselves a donkey. And they're believing you know, that they're going to see complete, full transformation and healing of his life. Now, I mention it because I'm not going to preach about Abraham, but the principles that I'm going to preach about, the faith principles I'm going to preach about this morning, are the same principles that I spoke about in that message. And again, last week when I was preaching in two other congregations on Joseph, because he was another man of faith who had to wait to see the fulfillment of God's promises over his life. And in my situation, you know, the kind of position God has put me in, I get a lot of people coming to me often with great, great needs, like, like that man with the tumor. And uh, I've lost count of the number of people that have said to me, you know, we've really believed God, we've really trusted God, and it hasn't happened, or nothing is happening. And I get lots of letters, you know, what do I do? I really was praying with faith, really believing God, really trusting God, and so-and-so died, or this didn't happen, or that didn't happen. You ever been in that position where you really thought you believed, and yet it didn't happen? Well, this morning you're going to discover why. And you're going to discover what God needs to do so that all your prayers get answered. Come on. Don't sound too excited at the prospect. <laughs> I know it's hot, but it's not that hot. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to talk, therefore, about what it means to truly pray with faith. We all know that Jesus said, According to your faith, it will be done to you. So, if you take that as a statement out of the context of the whole gospel and the whole revelation of truth in the New Testament, you can take it to mean, whenever I pray something, if I believe it, it's bound to happen. And that's why so many people get disappointed. Because, of course, the revelation of how to pray with faith is much greater than just that statement. In fact, Jesus didn't make that statement about prayer, but when people came to him expecting to be healed, and he said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. Now, we know that Jesus taught the disciples what is called the prayer of faith, and I'm sure in a church like this you'll be very familiar with that in, in Mark chapter 11. And the first thing that Jesus said was, have faith in God. Now, there are some faith teachers that try to stretch the Greek to, to make it mean have the faith of God. But actually, the Greek doesn't mean that. It means have faith in God. But even, even if it did mean have the faith of God, you would have to have faith in God to have the faith of God. Are you there? Yeah. Now, the point is this. Everything you do, you do according to your nature. 
even your new nature. But everything you do is according to your nature, according to your character, according to your personality. You never act out of your nature. Sometimes, you know, things slip out and you didn't mean to say them or you did something without thinking and you think, oh, that's not like me, but actually it was exactly like you. (laughs) What you said was part of you, it came out of your heart, and what you did, you did because that's you. Sometimes you do things carelessly, without thought, without wisdom. So you always act according to your character, your personality. The same is true of God. If we have any idea of who God really is, we would never expect him to act out of character. He would always act according to his principles, according to his will, according to his nature. So it's no use us saying, we believe you, God, to do this and this and this and this, if it's not his nature to do that, or if it's not his nature to do it in the way in which we want him to act. Are you at the same meeting that I'm at? Okay. Uh, So, to have faith in God is exactly what Jesus meant. Have faith in who God is. Have faith in his personality. Have faith in his nature. Have faith in his character. Because he always acts according to his character. He will never act out of character. He will never act contrary to his personality, to his nature. Because his will comes out of the kind of person that he is, or the kind of God that he is. But we think of him in these personal terms. So... That's the starting point. It's not what I pray, but who I'm praying to. So prayer and faith really are a relationship. We pray in the relationship we have to the one with, with the one to whom we're praying. Therefore, the scripture says there's a whole lot of other very important issues that are part of this whole dynamic that is taking place when we pray. And we're going to look at, um, at some of these scriptures this morning. You see, when people come to me and say, you know, I've really believed, I've really believed, and it hasn't happened, I immediately want to ask them a series of questions. For example, in Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. Now, the answer to your prayer is part of the anything else that will be added. So, I want to ask them, in your life, are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Are you seeking first his righteousness? Is his kingdom more important to you than anything else? Are you walking and living in the righteousness of God? Not just thanking God that Jesus is your righteousness, but are you seeking that righteousness 
in your life. You see, the point is, the one to whom we're praying is the king of the kingdom. So if we're seeking first the kingdom, we are submitted to the king. I'm praying out of a relationship of submission to him. If I'm seeking first his righteousness, I'm thankful that I can have no righteousness of my own. I'm thankful that through the salvation he has given me, Jesus has become my righteousness. But I want also to walk in righteousness with him. Because if he's going to act according to his righteous nature, how can I have confidence when I pray if I'm not walking in righteousness? Because that would be someone who's walking in unrighteousness, praying to someone who is righteous, and expecting him to do what I'm asking him to do, despite my unrighteousness. Now, does that mean that God will only answer our prayers when we're walking in perfection? No, praise God. But the one to whom I am praying or you are praying is the merciful one. Now, we know that everything we receive comes by God's grace. But mercy precedes grace. Without mercy, there is no grace. So... Mercy is needed if we're going to expect to receive from God. So it's important for first a person's sins to be forgiven, and then they can be healed. Like Jesus said to the paralytic man that was let down through the roof, your sins are forgiven you, get up and walk. And with that brother that uh, I told you we prayed for with the tumor, First of all, I led him through a short time of repentance because that's what I do whenever I pray with people to be healed. Why? Because we need the mercy of God. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. But what Jesus says about prayer is that whenever you pray, every time you ever pray, you must forgive others. Because if you don't forgive others, then God will not forgive you. And if God will not forgive you, he's sure not going to answer your prayers because you're not in a right relationship with him. Amen. That was a good place to say amen. Uh, So, you know, when people come to me and say, you know, that prayer never got answered, I want to say, well, is there anybody that you haven't forgiven? Are you, are you walking in mercy towards everybody you know? Is there any bitterness, anger, resentment at all in your heart? Have you taken offense? Because if so, if any of those things are true, then according to my Bible, God doesn't forgive you, and if God doesn't forgive you, what hope is there of getting your prayers answered? Yeah. And you see, sometimes people want to departmentalize their life. They say, well, here is this need over here, and here is this relationship where I'm really battling because I've taken offense over there. And they don't see how the two are related, but God does. Because what God does is he sees you as a person. He doesn't see that situation separate from that. 
He sees the one that is praying about this situation is the same person that's struggling in that area. So he says, well, okay, let's get that sorted, then we'll get this sorted. In other words, get yourself sorted. Why? Because blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And once we've obtained mercy, then we can easily obtain grace. Hello? So, if we go on to uh, the first letter of John, we we see some very important statements. John says in chapter 5, verse 14, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So, okay, I need to ask according to his will. But that's not just his will for the particular situation that I'm praying about, but am I living according to his will in my life? You see, I mean, put yourself in God's position. How would it be if you were God and you were listening to all your children praying and there's this guy who's praying and he's saying, Lord, I want your will in that area because I need an answer to prayer. But I don't want your will in that area or that area or that area. Now, how would you react to that? You'd say, well, man, you're unreal. What kind of a God do you think I am? Do you think you can con me like that? I want those who are seeking first the kingdom, seeking first the righteousness. I want those who are merciful, because I am merciful to them. I want those who are surrendered and sold out to my will, so that then I can exercise my will and release my will in the situations for which they pray. Are you getting this? So, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. You see, if you know that to the best of your ability, as far as you are aware, you're living in the will of God, when you approach him in prayer, you're going to have confidence. But if you know there's some area in your life where you're not walking in obedience, where you don't want the will of God, where you're fighting him off, where you're ignoring him, you're not going to have confidence. Because you know you can't fool God. And, you know, you might come in to a time of prayer and say, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe. But he says, oh, really? Then why do you carry on like that? Because I've been listening to every thought you've had. I've been listening to every word you've said. And I know that you're just trying to fool yourself and me, that you really believe when you don't. Hello? I mean, the scripture says he knows our thoughts from afar. Are we getting this? It isn't that God is trying to make prayer difficult for us. He's trying to make it easy for us. So he says, "This, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. You see, faith is knowing. When you pray with faith, you know the consequence. You know the outcome. Because you have such confidence in God. Not confidence in your prayer. Not confidence in yourself, but your confidence is in God. 
And even if you know, well, Lord, I haven't been coming up to the mark. There's, I know there's this issue in my life uh, that I've really been struggling with your will. Then the first thing to do is to surrender to him first and then pray. Come in line with his will and then his will can be released through your prayer. But how can his will be released through prayer if we're not willing to come into his will? For our lives to come into line with his will. You see, the opposite of faith is presumption. And there are so many people around that think they walk by faith, but actually they walk by presumption. They walk by the presumption that if they believe, no matter what else is going on in their lives, God is bound to answer their prayer. That's presumption. And the reason for that is very clear. Earlier in 1 John, in chapter 3, he says this. If our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. We have confidence before God. So, the place to pray out of is confidence. Yes? We have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask. Isn't that the kind of prayer life we want? But you see, that doesn't, that's not the end of the verse. Because, because we obey His commands and do what pleases Him. Have you come across those clowns who say, I live by grace, brother. I don't need to live by law. I don't need to obey. I just believe in the grace of God. That's presumption. It's foolishness. It's unbelief. Quite opposed to the revelation of God's word. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands, not ignore them. Not say you don't have to obey them anymore. So we have confidence before God. And we receive from him whatever we ask. So you see, when people come to me and say, well, I prayed about this, I prayed about this, I prayed about this, and it didn't happen. I want to say to them, well, are you obeying his commands? Are you doing what pleases him? Are you seeking first the kingdom? Are you seeking first his righteousness? Are you really wanting the will of God in your life? Because these are all relevant questions according to the scriptures. And then we come to what Jesus says. Jesus gave some wonderful promises concerning prayer. And he, he says this in uh, John chapter 15. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. So when people come to me and say, I believed, I believed, I really believed, but it didn't happen. I want to say to them, well, are you living in Jesus? Is he living in you? Is his word living in you? Because he says, if you are living in him and his word is living in you, then you can ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I mean, these are extraordinary promises Jesus is making. It shows that this is the kind of prayer life he wants us to have when, you know, he really wants us to receive whatever we ask. But you see, Jesus is talking about 
the principles that need to be operating in our lives if that is to be the case. And then he says this in uh, chapter 16. I tell you the truth. My father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Now, listen, to ask in the name of Jesus is not to use the name of Jesus. It's not just to ask whatever or pray whatever you decide and then say in the name of Jesus at the end of it. That's not praying in the name of Jesus. If you pray in the name of Jesus, you pray in the person of Jesus. In Scripture, the name denotes the person. My name is Colin, but I'm not a name. I'm a person. That might have escaped some of your attention, but it is nevertheless true. And the name of Jesus denotes the person of Jesus. So if you pray according to his name, you pray according to his person, according to his nature, according to his character, according to his will. In other words, you pray what he would pray. Now, this is why faith only comes from hearing. You see, it's presumption to say to God, Lord, I'm believing you to do bomb, 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 bomb. Who are we to tell God what to do? I mean, who do you think you are to tell God what to do? God who created the universe. The purpose of prayer is not to tell God what to do. The purpose of prayer is for God to tell us what he will do. Faith comes from listening. It comes from hearing what God is saying into the situation. And then we believe what he says. And if we believe what he says, if we believe the promises and obey the commands that go with the promises, then it will be a done deal. Are we there? You know, there's so many people who say, I'm waiting for my miracle. And the miracle never comes. And probably never will. Because there's a whole load of presumption. They haven't truly heard from God and prayed according to what God has said. So if we pray in the name of Jesus, we're praying what Jesus is speaking into that situation. Hello? That's why the scripture says pray at all times. Say all times. All times in the spirit. Now that doesn't mean you pray in tongues whenever you pray. You can pray in tongues as much as you like. But what the scripture there means is the spirit needs to lead your prayer. The spirit needs to guide your prayer. The spirit needs to fill your prayer. The spirit needs to inform your prayer at all times. Because you actually don't know what to pray unless you have heard from the Spirit. You see, when people come to me and, and they ask me to pray, one of, the, one of the first things, and I said this to that man I was telling you about at the beginning, one of the first things I ask them is, what have you heard from God concerning your healing or concerning this situation? Now, if they've If they've heard nothing, I often say to them, well, I'm not going to pray for your healing now. I'm going to pray that you will hear from God. Then come back and we'll pray for your healing. Why? Because faith comes from hearing. Hello? 
You see, it's, it's praying out of relationship. Who are we to try to short-circuit what God wants to do in the lives of people? You see, what I've discovered from experience is that our God is the God of perfect timing. Never gets anything wrong. You'll never rush him, and he's never too late. Sometimes we think he's too late, but what's happening is he's getting us in the right position to be able to receive the answer, because when we started to pray, we were not in the right position. We were not in the right relationship. We were not in the right place with him. And he said, okay, I mean, God knows how to use every situation to the full, doesn't he? He tells us in the word, use every opportunity to the full. So God does that himself. He never misses an opportunity. If he's got us where he needs us and there's some stuff he wants to work in us, he'll work that stuff in us and then he'll answer the prayer. Hello? You see, you're never going to change God, but God can change you. You're never going to get God to work according to your will and your principles. He will always work according to his will and his principle. You see, the problem is this. There are more people in the churches today that want to use God instead of realizing that the whole purpose of being a Christian is so that God can use you. And if God is going to use you, then you sure need to hear from God. And you sure need to have the relationship with him, whereby you do hear that you're spending time waiting upon him every day. 90% of my prayer time is spent listening to God, not talking to him. It's far more important for me to hear what God is saying to me. It doesn't take me long to say what I need to say to him. But it takes me longer to hear and understand and process and work through what he says to me. But if I'm going to be a person of faith, then my life is dependent upon what I hear from him, not what I say to him. Hello? What I say to him has got to be a response to what he says to me. But faith always leaves the initiative with God. If you ever take the initiative away, that's from God. You, you really, your house is on sand, not rock. And it will fall. That's why when people say, oh, I'm God, I'm believing you for this, I'm believing you, I'm believing you, I'm believing you, I'm trusting you, I'm trusting you, I'm trusting you. And it doesn't happen. Why? Because that's not what God told you to believe and trust for. <coughs> if you were believing what God wanted you to believe for, you wouldn't need to carry on like that. Hello? You see, there is such a simplicity about faith. In in the uh, letter to Hebrews, the writer talks about the rest of faith. There's no striving. There's no struggling. There's no impatience. There's just that calm confidence in God. He has spoken. You know what he's said. You know what he's promised. You're doing what he's said. You're believing what he's promised. And the whole thing is in his hands. And you don't have to fear. You don't have to be anxious. He will do what he has said he will do. It's very simple. It's very peaceful. This is why Jesus says, be anxious for nothing. See, how can you believe and be anxious at the same time? 
See, anxiety is saying, God, this problem is too big for you, so I'll worry about it. Hello? Did I come to a faith church? (laughs) Some of you are looking at me as if you've never heard this stuff before. This has been in your Bible ever since you bought it. (laughs) I'm not saying to you anything that isn't in the Word of God. So if we go back to that first scripture that we looked at in Mark 11, have faith in God. Have faith in who he is. Have faith in what he says. Have faith in what he has promised. But remember that in scripture, with the promises, go the commands. And who do we think we are? If we say to God, I believe your promise, but I won't obey the command. Do we expect him to change the principles by which he works to accommodate our disobedience? Or do you think he's waiting for us to come in line with what he says? Now, the Lord wants you to have a productive prayer life. A successful prayer life. A fruitful prayer life. Because he'll do much more through prayer than he will ever do through any other activity. You can be more powerful in prayer than in any other way in your life. But it's going to be on his terms. Not your terms. So you see... How serious are you about really wanting to see the breakthrough in those people that you pray for? How serious are you about wanting to see them healed? How serious are you about the issues in your own life that need to be resolved? Are you serious enough to say to God, okay, Lord, I get the message. It's on your terms, not mine. You're the one who makes the deal, not me. Hello? So you see, you put all these things together, and I mean, there's, there's, there's many other scriptures that we, we could use. Like, for example, in the psalm, delight yourself in the Lord, and I will give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes when people come to me and say, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, and it hasn't happened, I want to say, are you delighting yourself in the Lord? Are you rejoicing always? Are you giving thanks in this circumstance, or do you resent this circumstance? Because while you resent the circumstance, God won't lift a finger to help you. But as soon as you start to give thanks in those circumstances, not for them, but in them, as soon as you begin to rejoice in the Lord, then he'll begin to help you. Because now you're functioning according to his word and therefore according to his will and not according to yourself. So, we want a fruitful, productive prayer life. So we delight ourselves in the Lord. We rejoice always. We give thanks in all circumstances. Amen. 
There's nothing in our hearts to condemn us. We have confidence before God because we're seeking to obey his commands and do everything that pleases him. When we fail, we don't get discouraged because he's the God of mercy and he forgives us so long as we forgive others. And once he's shown his mercy to us, then we can be confident of his grace that he will give us whatever we ask in the name of Jesus, knowing that to ask in the name of Jesus is to ask according to the will of Jesus. Therefore, we're listening to what he's saying. We're listening to the revelation of the Spirit. We're seeking first the kingdom of God, his rule and his reign in our own hearts and in our own lives so that then his reign can be extended into those circumstances about which we're praying. His reign and his will can be released into the lives of those people for whom we're praying. We're walking in the righteousness of Jesus so his righteousness will be established everywhere where we aim our prayer. Now this is what it means to pray with faith. It's not just to pluck some desire we have out of the air and say, Lord, I'm believing you to do this. He says, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who do you think you are? Let's get things in my order, shall we? Let's see what it really means to pray by faith. What it really means to pray out of that unity with me, where you have such confidence that you know that I hear you. And if you know that I hear you, you know that you receive from me whatever you ask. That you're living in me and my word is living in you so that you receive whatever you wish. You're delighting yourself in the Lord. And he's granting you the desires of your heart. Because now the desires of your heart are in line with the desires of his heart. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand, shall we? Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. This church is going to be such a powerful church in prayer. But God's going to bring about some changes first, yes? So let's respond to his word. Just close your eyes and and focus on Jesus. Have faith in God. Just thank him for who he is. Thank him that he's the Lord of mercy. The Lord of grace. The righteous one. Who always, always, always does what is right. Who always honors his promises. Always honors faith in his word. Just thank him. And thank him that he's called you to be his child. To know him 
as he really is. Now you may need to say to the Lord, Lord, forgive me. Because I realize so often when I prayed, I've acted with presumption rather than faith. Forgive me for trying to tell you what to do instead of allowing you to tell me what to do. Forgive me when in prayer I've taken the initiative away from you and away from your spirit and placed it on myself. Forgive me whenever I've tried to bend your will to my will instead of my will being bent to your will. Forgive me, Lord. Now, you you may need to say, Lord, this morning's been a wake-up call for me. Because I realize I have not been seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness. That the reason why I haven't seen everything added to me in prayer is because I haven't been seeking your kingdom first. Your rule and reign is first in my life. So right now, bring your life afresh under his lordship, under his kingship. Tell him, Lord, I want you to rule. I want you to reign in my life, in every area of my life, not just in my prayer life, in every area of my life. Lord, I want to walk in righteousness. If you know there's any area of unrighteousness in your thinking, in your attitudes, in your relationships, in what you say and what you do, put it right with God right now. He's ready to be merciful to you. He's ready to be merciful. You know, you may not have a physical tumor like that man I told you about at the beginning, but some of you may have spiritual tumors. Those, those things that are wrong spiritually in you, they need to shrivel up and shrink because actually they're destroying your spiritual life. <clears throat> so just bring everything into his order now. The scripture says if we ask anything according to his will, he does it. So just make sure your will is surrendered to his will. If you think it already is, then make a fresh surrender of your will to his will. Because I do that every day of my life. I've got to stay surrendered to him. So have you. If I don't stay surrendered, then self will rise up and self will begin to take over. So right now, just make that surrender, your will to his will, your life to his life.
Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. You see, do you know the word but aren't living the word? You know that there's things God said to you, but you're not actually putting them into practice. Well, agree with God right now that that's going to end. You're going to put the words he's spoken to you into practice. You're going to obey what he commands you and do what pleases him. Because then you will have confidence before God and will receive from him whatever you ask according to the word. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, you're not a hard taskmaster. Thank you that you're saying all these things, that your joy may be in you, that my joy may be full. Thank you, Lord, that you want to answer my prayer. Thank you that you want me to be effective in prayer. Thank you that you want me to be able to touch the lives of other people and and pray with, with such faith and with such power and such authority that we see circumstances in their lives being changed and transformed. Now, important part of this is to be in right submission, right place in the body of Christ. You know, you cannot be submitted to God if you're not submitted within the body. That's the context in which you work out your discipleship. And you know, if your heart isn't right towards other believers, if your heart isn't right towards those whom whom God has put in authority, then the whole prayer thing just goes... A diddle diddle, it really does. So just make sure that your heart, your attitudes are in right submission. Your relationships with the rest of the body are right. Because Jesus says, you know, you'll receive whatever you ask if you obey his commands. And my command is this, that you love one another. So if there isn't that love for one another, and when you love one another, you seek the highest good of the others. So thank the Lord that he's brought you into his body, that you're a part of the body here, and that you live to seek the highest good of all the others in the body. And you see, what God says is if you live to seek the highest good for others, I will live in you to seek your highest good. And I will work through you in prayer, through your witness, as you seek the highest good of others when you pray for them. Are you saddling your donkey this morning? See, are you making that decision? Lord, I'm going to have a new dynamic prayer life from today onwards. I'm going to have a new walk of faith with you. I'm going to have a new, closer relationship with you than ever before. I'm going to seek first your kingdom and righteousness like I never have before. You are my first love. Your kingdom is absolutely first in my life. Doing what is right in your eyes is what I live for, Lord. Not my will, but yours be done. So just thank him now. Thank him that he's forgiven you. 
He's had mercy upon you. Whatever way you've needed to ask for forgiveness this morning, thank him that he has had mercy. But just now, make sure that you have forgiven everybody else. There's no resentment, no issues, no side, no jealousy, no anger, no offense, no disobedience. God says he will forgive you if you forgive others. And if you forgive others, there's none of those things in your heart. So thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We bless you. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord, that sometimes your word just brings us up short. (laughs) And we realize that as a loving father, you're actually disciplining us out of your wonderful love because you want to do so much more in our lives. You want to do so much more through us. You You want us to see so many more answers to prayer than we have ever seen that you want to work amongst us in such miraculous and supernatural ways that will astound us. And we praise you. We bless you. We thank you. Come on, let's just lift your hands to the Lord. Begin to praise him. Begin to speak out your thanks to him. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. We bless your holy name, Lord. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord, that this is going to be the end of presumption. And this is going to be a time of real faith. Hallelujah. That we'll have faith in you, in who you are. That you will always act according to your character, according to your nature in our lives. And your nature is to bless us, is to be merciful, is to be gracious, is to pour out your love in abundance. And so that your power is releasing us. Your truth is setting us free. And we give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.